Welcome to the Organizer Chicks podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And you know what? You are awesome for being here. You are primed for success and happiness by coming to be an active learner today. Social scientists widely agree that learning is imperative for both our longevity and our happiness. Our brain is thrilled to be tickled when it creates new neural pathways, and those form when we learn and piece together new information. So thank you for joining, and I hope I can help tickle your brain today. If so, I hope you'll consider subscribing to get notifications of new episodes as they drop bright and early each Monday morning. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts where you can do this, we would super love a rating and a review because that helps other people see that we exist and allows them to subscribe to the Organizer Chicks podcast as well. Today, we're going to be talking about containers. And the first thing I want to say out the gate about containers is this. There is no container out there that is the magical answer to all of your disorganization problems. A great container can be a great tool, but in and of itself, it isn't necessarily a fix. So just have that in mind. A lot of times people want to go shopping as step one. And if you haven't heard me say this in another podcast episode before, I'm glad you're here to hear me today. Don't go shopping as step one of your desire to get organized. We see this a lot. People set out with new intentions and feeling very excited to undertake a new project. And so they go and they buy up all the cute containers, but then maybe they weren't the right size or maybe they just never found the energy to actually complete the project. And then the containers end up actually becoming part of the clutter and part of the problem. So avoid that by not shopping for containers as step one. You want to go through that decluttering process and then start the organization process and then determine what kind of containers that you're going to need for your particular project. But when it is time to shop for those containers, here are a few hopefully helpful hints about things you should be looking for and what you should choose your containers based on. These are seven things that we as professional organizers look at when we're considering what to buy. Number one is function. We think about function a lot. We want to make sure primarily that we're buying something that's the right size. We're leaving money on the table when the depth or the height is wrong for the space we're trying to fill. So if you have a shelf or a cubby and you buy something that really doesn't fit that space well, the square footage that you could have had for that storage is really being squandered. So take good measurements and write those down or put them in your phone and go shopping with those size measurements in mind. Now in the same vein of thinking about the size of containers, you always want to err on the side of going a little bit smaller. If you've bought a 16 by 16 inch bin, you're going to find that things can easily get lost at sea inside a container that's that big. And it's also going to allow you to put a bunch of stuff in there. So being mindful of the size of the container that you want to have for the thing that you're storing inside it. 
One nice thing about the size of a container is that it can be something that we like to call a limiting factor. And here's what that means. Maybe you're someone who's, you know, woken up and realized I have 42 pair of socks. And you know what, maybe that just suddenly feels like way too much. And I don't need to have that many socks, you know, I need to have maybe seven or 10 pair would be completely completely sufficient. So if you go and you buy a container that you maybe put in your drawer without a lid on it, then you fill that with, you know, your seven or 10 pair of socks, you're going to find that your container is fairly full. And that is actually a really good thing. When we have empty space in a container, we are driven to fill it. I don't know why. It just seems like it's a rule of human nature. The concept of a limiting factor says that when this container is full of socks or Legos or DVDs, then we have reached our max and it's time to make some decisions. If something new comes in, then something old has to go out because we have reached the limiting factor of this container. So the first thing we're going to look at is going to be the size and making sure that it is a functional size. The second thing we're going to look at when we're choosing a container for a good organization is the material that it's made out of. You have to really consider the location of storage. And you have to also think about the contents. For instance, you wouldn't want to store candles, which are going to naturally have a little bit of seeping. And especially if they're experiencing any fluctuations in temperature, they can release oils and things like that. So you wouldn't want to put your candles in a fabric bin, for instance. Another real no-go of a material is cardboard, especially if you're going to be storing something in a non-climate controlled space. That is just for the birds and the spiders and the snakes, actually. Spiders and snakes love cardboard boxes. They want to make their homes in there. And so if it's worth keeping, it's worth investing in the proper containment. Factor number three that we would consider when purchasing a container would be a lid. Sometimes we definitely want to have a lid, especially if we're going to be in a stacking situation or if we need to be able to have that snap-on airtight situation if we're storing something in the garage where we don't want that spider and snake situation to happen. Lids can be very important in certain situations, but it can also be very important that we either not have a lid or have a very easy lid in other situations. So you really want to consider ease of use here. If this is a container that's going to be used by somebody who has arthritic hands or maybe by a very young child, there are some really cute containers out there that have really cutesy, complicated little lids. But if it's not functional for the end user, that's something to keep in mind while you're doing your shopping. A fourth thing to consider is the labelability. I'm just going to make up words here. <laughs> the ability to label your bin. Can a label stick to it? Or maybe is there a purposeful tab that's made into the bin for labeling? If not, you know, you have to kind of start thinking outside the box. Can I get creative? Can I put a pretty hang tag on there? Or do I need to label the shelf itself instead of the container, which can be a perfectly fine alternative as long as you're sure that whoever is using the space and whoever is maintaining the space will actually keep the unlabeled bins in their proper place on the labeled shelf. A fifth thing to consider is what we call repurchaseability. <laughs> if you want to have matching bins throughout your house, it's worth thinking about if you can get that exact same kind of bin that you found once 
multiple times, especially if you want to take baby steps toward organization and you're trying to achieve a really cohesive look over time. It's worth thinking about whether or not you can buy enough bins that are going to really provide that matching look throughout the room or maybe the rooms that you're working in. And so sometimes we find things that almost feel like one-off situations at stores like TJ Maxx or Ross, for instance. You have to consider, do I need everything to match or can I create a mixy match things where it's not actually the exact same bin, but there's a good vibe here and I like the aesthetic and I'm okay with the fact that they're not going to match exactly. Our sixth consideration is along those same lines and it has to do with the aesthetic. At a bare minimum, we want to make sure that we're creating a feeling of neutrality in the space. We're at least not taking away from the beauty of a space. And I'll be honest, I'll find that most bins, even if they are very plain, even if they are plastic, when they match or they don't match, but they go together, it still increases the aesthetic in a space. Because what we're seeing is instead of a lot of individual little cluttery things on a shelf, we're seeing the flat front of that bin looking at us. So at least we don't want to take away from beauty, but good containers that are well-labeled can also actually add beauty to the space. And ideally, we're wanting a beautiful marriage of form and function, and that exists. It's out there. You might have to just do a little more shopping for it, but I promise you, you can find it. And the seventh and final thing that we like to really consider is the price point. The truth is you can spend over $100 on one bin. Now, it'll be a very beautiful bin, well-made from a company with a great reputation, but for the vast majority of us, we're looking to go way below that. So don't overlook Walmart, especially online. Another great option is going to be places like At Home, Ikea, TJ Maxx, or Ross, which I've already mentioned. Depending on the space, and especially if it's a kid's space, even the Dollar Tree or Dollar General can have some amazing finds. In fact, follow us on social media, facebook.com slash the organizer chicks and on Instagram or at the underscore organizer underscore chicks for a complete remake that we've got coming up only with Dollar General finds. So you really can be mindful of that price point and create beauty on a budget. So here are a couple of our favorites for different areas of your home. For garages and storage sheds, we love plastic bins with snap tight lids. The Sterilite or Rubbermaid brands are great. And whether you go with clear plastic or a dark plastic like a black or a gray, it really just depends on your budget and your goals. If you don't want to label your containers, it's really worth considering the clear plastic so that you can see inside and know what you have going on. If you do want to add a label in a garage type space where you're going to be getting heat and cold and humidity and, you know, not having that climate controlled situation, we're a big fan of printing a large print label just on a regular piece of printer paper and then using the Gorilla brand clear tape over the front of that. That stuff is magical. It sticks forever. And so it will protect your label and make sure that whatever is in your garage or your storage unit is going to not just get but stay labeled. For pantries and kitchens, we really love bamboo. 
It's eco-friendly and it has such a beautiful, fresh feel. It's very easy to clean and wipe down. Another great material in kitchens can be glass, but for a lot of people, there are young kids at home and while glass is easy to clean and it's easy to see through, the breakability becomes a liability. And so for a lot of pantries, it is worth considering a clear plastic or an acrylic containment. We really love the OXO brand. They're very easy to see through and easy to label. They're also stackable, which is fantastic in places like pantries. They're completely airtight as well. BPA-free, dishwasher safe, the list go on. And they have a wide range of sizes as well. While they're definitely not cheap, they are something of an investment, but it's an expense that you really only need to make once. And then you can label and relabel as your tastes literally <laughs> change in your kitchen or pantry space. For bedrooms and living rooms, aesthetic just matters more in these areas to most people. We're trying to set a tone and a mood and usually one of relaxation. In these spaces, we are usually going to steer clear of plastics and we want earthier materials. Things like woven baskets, canvases, and tones that complement the room that we have already existing and the mood that we're trying to set. Don't be afraid to look for furniture pieces that offer containment as well, from hollow ottomans and coffee tables to Murphy bed type shelving that can transform from vertical shelving unit on the wall to pull down horizontal table, which is especially great in places where square footage is at a premium. In office spaces, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but don't be afraid to look in the kitchen section for good office organization. These spaces are usually more focused around function over form, though places like Office Depot and the Martha Stewart Living Line carry some really great items that are a marriage of both. So we want to know what are your favorite containers, brands, places to shop. We want to hear all about it. Find us online or email us at info at the organizer chicks. And as a reminder, we would also love to get your questions. What do you want to hear about on our podcast? Write us an email. We might just send a shout out and hey, maybe even a fun little giveaway your way. That wraps up this episode of the Organizer Chicks podcast. Make sure to subscribe here and stay up to date with us on social media. We're at facebook.com slash the organizer chicks. And on Instagram, we're at the underscore organizer underscore chicks. Also make sure to check out theorganizerchicks.com for more information on who we are and what we do. If you found our podcast interesting or helpful today, please give us a review on iTunes as it makes our show more visible to others. And a big thanks to Sweet25 for letting us use their song, Thinking About You. Check them out on Spotify and iTunes as well. Thanks again for listening and be sure to catch our next episode as we work to help you turn your before into an after.